Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Lou Nanny joining us here for his weekly appearance, uh, TCL Broadcast Studio. So did I take a DeLorean back to the 80s? The recent scores of Wild Games, Lou Nanny, it's throwback. We had an eight-goal game uh, on February 27th, uh, a 7-1 loss, Colorado, six goals last night. I'm liking this high-flying, high-scoring stuff for the Wild. It's kind of fun to watch. It really is. <laughs> when you see those kind of things, you kind of get confident that they can do this more often than they're doing it, and uh, maybe bringing them back to last year when they were a higher-scoring team. Uh, everything was going last night. The only guy now we got to get to score goals is Coyle. He's, he played very well last night, just couldn't get in, anything in the net. But if you get Coyle and, and Niederreiter going and Parisi going to go along with uh, Stahl's line, that really sets you up pretty good marching towards the playoffs. Hey, Louis, am I correct in saying that uh, the more I watch Parisi, the more I see his game uh, coming back to a point where where you say to yourself, if he takes that game into the playoffs, there's a real chance to be successful? Yeah, he's getting better all the time. Uh, he's, uh, he's, he's working smarter. He, never, he can never work harder because he always works hard. But I, I still like to see just a couple more times around the net uh, things that I normally see him put in the net that mm-hmm. he doesn't. But... He's certainly getting it more, and I, I do believe that uh, he's going to be he's going to be hitting full stride by the time playoffs come along. He he's looking better and better every game. How uh, Louis does a team that is so good at home go about achieving? It's not not even being great. Uh, go about achieving uh, consistency on on the road because the Coyotes and Avs games. You watch those games, and you just said, said to yourself. There is way, way more there, and the Colorado game upset me because it was just a, a no-show in some ways, I thought. Well, the Colorado game, I could take less, I mean, more than those others because I think that was an aberration. They were just completely flat, dead, out of it, and you say, okay, they had a, collectively a bad night. That won't happen again. The other ones were games that they were in and out of and inconsistent during the game. Then they show flashes, then they bounce back into – just uh, almost a, a loafing type of game. And, you know, th- those kind of games against those teams, they got to win. That, that would really set them apart. Imagine where they'd be at. They just won the games against Colorado and Vancouver mm-hmm. this year, mm-hmm. let alone losing 21 points in the third period. So they they are at a point now where they got to get their game right on the road, and they got to do, like you said, Judd, they got to play on the road like they're playing at home. And that starts by getting a good start in the game. They got to be more consistent how they start games, and they got to be more consistent on being uh, solid defensively throughout the game. They can't have these lapses that they've had on the road that they don't seem to have at home. 
I'll admit, Lou, I've done no uh, research on this hypothesis, but it seems like the home road record splits in the NHL are as wide as they've ever been. I mean, like the Wild, 24-5-6 at home, which is the best record in the league, under 500 on the road. Um, Washington, 23-9-2, under 500 on the road. I could do the same thing with the Lightning, with the Bruins, uh, with uh, Las Vegas is 24-7-2. Why such a large split home and away in the NHL these days? I really don't know. I mean, if anybody could figure that out, they'd, they'd be doing it and they'd be setting themselves up pretty good. But uh, it's something that happens. But uh, then you have years like last year when the Wild was tremendous on the road. In fact, they were almost better on the road than they were at home. They yep. were just outstanding. And, and why they go through these cycles, you don't know. Sometimes it's the way the... Uh, the team is playing coming in. Are they tired? Are they playing the night before? Are they, uh, you know, just going through the motions, comparatively speaking? And and sometimes it's just the crowd that energizes the players at home so much better that they, they get in the game and stay in the game and, and uh, somewhat deflates the opposition. But uh, you really can't you really can't pinpoint it. But when you when you stop to think you got 32 teams in the league, you're going to have some of these discrepancies. I bet you got you'll have some at the other end of it too. You'll have some teams playing really good in the road this year that uh, might have even even been as good or better than they are at home. So uh, starting tomorrow, you, you're going to work the class a two A uh, tournament on Channel 45, Louis. This is going to be 50 what years for you now? Well, it's 54 since I started. I missed a, a few years in there, two three years. Sure. Back, uh, in fact, when KFTP was doing it, then, uh, when we were on the road. But it's 54 years since I started doing it. What is, and th- this goes w- way back, but can you give me a tournament that stands out for, for you personally that, that is apart from the rest in your mind? Well, it's that five-overtime game with Apple Valley and Duluth, which it wasn't just the fact that it went five overtimes. It's the fact that when they went into overtime, there was completely no defense. I've never seen so many good opportunities by both teams, and they weren't scoring. Breakaways, wide-open ch- chances, rebounds. It was amazing. Uh, and, and, you know, if I was to have to bet and put a huge bet on it to, to save any money I got, I would bet that the, the goal Duluth East scored in, or apparently scored and was waved off as not going in the net in the fourth overtime was in the net, but they didn't have instant replay then. And and then uh, Apple Valley won in the fifth and went on to win the state championship. Yeah, uh, where's the where's the smart money? Minnetonka, Edina in the in the two A. Hermantown well, gets Hermantown in the in the class A, right? Yeah, Hermantown should should be the class far and away in that one. But I'd have to say if you look at the the double A, the four teams that are ranked one through four this year with with the fourth team, you know Centennial's a pretty good team, but the Top four really should come through it. They should come through it. I think we, we are in, in in a position to have the best semifinal and final round we've had collectively in, in a long time. And and the fact is, any one of those four teams can win it. Edina really should be the favorite by the kind of overall talent to get up front. But they got beat by Minnetonka twice, so Minnetonka's number one, rightfully so. Interesting. And yet Minnetonka came three seconds from not being in the tournament. Duluth came, what, 56 seconds from not being in the tournament? Mm Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, you know, you hate to say this, but uh, I think Edina's goaltenders is going to have to play as good as Minnetonka's goaltenders if those two teams happen to meet in the finals. And Edina would be favored. But i got to tell you, 
St. Thomas could beat any of them, and Duluth could beat any of them. Duluth really, they had a signature win earlier in the year. They 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 came down and played very well here. St. Thomas had a great Schwann's Cup. I I, I really think that uh, the semifinal night is going to be something if those four teams come through the first day like they should. Hey, Lou, how far ha- has the skill come to? I mean, just in, in oh, the sport, boy. just in... Because it's always been decent or good, but how, how far has has it, it come? And and not just since you started, but let's just say the last twenty years or so. Even the last twenty years, uh, if you go back twenty years uh, ago, you would have seen uh, teams using more two lines and three defensemen, sometimes four. And and now you got four lines and six defensemen. The goaltenders are are are, are terrific, uh, but the overall depth and the skilled. The skill level is is so far higher, and the and the ability to shoot the puck is so much better. Uh, I I got to tell you, if if you were to see some films, just like if you go see films from now in the NHL back to when I played, you'll see these guys are bigger, stronger, and faster. Same thing will be in high school. Yeah, and and uh, I, I have to tell you, we we've had tremendous players in the past, and. The, 50s and 60s and 70s that could be standouts today. But overall, the depth, the skill, the size, and the speed is far, far better. Are you a are you a proponent of year-round sports? Are you are you a multi-sport uh, proponent? I'm a multi-sport proponent. I've always been. I think I I think the the thing that's really important people forget and uh, don't think about because everybody want to get their kids better so they play the same sport all year round but when i went to talk to youth groups from when i was playing in the 60s and 70s and i'd always encourage the guys to play other sports and the reason why i do it there are a number of things first of all i think it really complements what you do you know you got the speed and and the hand skills and the and uh contact and, and when you take baseball football and basketball for instance or even tennis the, the, the muscles you use, the, the, the other skills that you're developing are all complementary. Soccer for your feet, that we accept passes, give passes in, in, with your skates. I mean, they help one another. But there's an intangible there that nobody looks at, and that being the fact that you don't get burnt out. You, yeah. you, I can remember we used to just get so anxious to skate <laughs> in the fall, we'd be playing street hockey in September on, on cement just, just because we were, couldn't wait to get, get on the ice. And it's the hunger that you have to play the sport that's going to carry those kids that are fortunate enough to have an opportunity to move on with their, their sporting uh, uh, objective, whatever sport it was. And, and if they're playing hockey, they're going to have some downtimes if they become college players or pro players where they're sent up or down or sitting out. And it's the love of the sport that carries you through. And, and you get that love of the sport by having hunger for the sport. And if you take that away where, where you get bored or, or you, you don't have the same feel and desire to want to play this sport, when you get tough times, you'll quit. And, and that's why I think it's really important for other sports to be played by these kids, not only to complement the sport they're playing, but also to maintain the desire to play that sport, the hunger to, and, and, and just drive to, you know, to, to be good in that sport and want to play it. Hey, Lou, uh, to, to your point about uh, back in the day when a coach wouldn't play a lot of lines or, or would play two lines, I remember going to the state tournament. War Road, was it 87 that Olam yeah, played defense? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Larry didn't leave the ice. Yeah. I swear to... And, and that... Boucher hardly left the ice when he played. I mean, yeah. there are a number of guys that were like that. Halsley hardly left the ice when he played, you know? Hey, give me your, your opinion. We, we did um, quite a bit on this on the uh, Tuesday show. What is your opinion right now of the state of gopher hockey because the sweep at penn state caused a lot of people or the fans were on twitter upset with don and upset with the program what is your opinion of the current state of this program well you know they got one good thing going for them right now and that's single elimination in every game so they got an opportunity to uh, they should make the tournament i think the odds are 96 percent that they're they're not going to get bumped out of the position Mm -hmm. and they have enough skill to win any one game series so they got that going for them. The thing that they don't have going from the start with is they're 56 out of 60, and I, I believe, in, in the power plays of college hockey, which is ludicrous with the kind of skill they got. And 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 but the good thing is they got 18 days to, to rectify that because the problem they're having to start with are terrible entries. They're not they're not getting the puck in the zone quickly and fastly fast enough and, and maintaining it there. They get it thrown down, and they take a long time to get position back in the zone and, and move the puck around. So they they gotta they gotta work on that and repair that. But overall, we gotta get we gotta get the 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 desire back to be able to go for game. We gotta get the excitement and entertainment back. So hopefully, the university finds a way to get people in the building again, where people we they got a lot of season tickets sold, but many of them aren't being used. We gotta get them to get those people to call in, let them use the tickets for other people, Boy Scouts, girls, Girl Scouts, whatever, families to come to those games. So we start filling the building, which generates a, a buzz, and you get some excitement and entertainment. The game's got to be better. The game's got to be more entertaining. they got to be uh, like they were against Ohio State. That Saturday night was a great night. We had a great crowd. we we got, we got to get games with the kind of feel we have when, when they're playing North Dakota, Duluth, St. Cloud. And and you can get that by by having a buzz in the building, by winning games, and we got to find somehow where the university and the other Big Ten teams can work out a deal with Fox or CBS Sports or NBC Sports or somebody to carry the games when the Big Ten network is not carrying the games, so the fans in those hometowns can see those games and still develop a bond with the team. And, and and know the players and have a feel for what's going on in the league. Yeah. Is it the lack of atmosphere compared to 10 years ago inside Mariucci that you that you bring up? Is it attributable to the lack of WCHA and in-state opponents? Is it like where would where would that rank on your list of reasons why the atmosphere isn't the same? Well, I'd like to say that that's a high ranking, but then we've had we've had St. Cloud come in there, we've had uh, Duluth come in there, St. Cloud a couple times this year, and and we didn't sell out. So it's part of the reason, but not all of the reason. One of the things we need to be winning more consistently at home, and and we have to have people in the building when we're winning. You know, it's like anything else. People want to go to where you can't get in. Yeah. And when you can't get in, everybody wants a ticket. When you can get in whenever you want, then people are don't think about it and they go when they want. And if their experience is good. When they get there, they'll come back. If it's not good, or if it's not exciting and entertaining, then they won't come back. Yeah, it's social proof. It's yeah. true. Yeah, Lou, good stuff. Enjoy the tournament, we'll Louis. Next week. Okay, guys. Thanks. All right, L- Lou and Annie uh, every week here on Mackie and Judd. There's a lot. Let's let's dive into some of that again. I know you guys did uh, yesterday. Was it that you yeah. guys did a full Gopher hockey we did autopsy? A lot on it. Yep. 
But there's a couple things he brought up there. Also, at some point here, I know you're not a big Bachelor fan, but I know how to draw you in because this week. Oh, I saw the tweets a couple nights ago. I need I need your help comparing it to a Minnesota sports heartbreak All right. at some point. Let's talk about TCL TVs here for a moment, if we could. It's America's fastest-growing TV brand, and it's becoming this massive TV brand worldwide, actually third largest in the world. And what really separates TCL is the 4K Roku TV. We've got a 55-inch one here in the studio. We've actually got MLB Network on right now. And, like, look at this. This is amazing. You can actually see, because the, it's 4K picture resolution, you can see from the center field camera bugs flying around. I don't know if there's bugs in Arizona, but there's, like, little bugs or uh, debris flying around the pitcher's head. And it's minuscule. You wouldn't be able to see it if you didn't have a 4K TV. So the the, 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 the design, the resolution, the built-in entertainment and streaming content, which is more than any other TV in the world, we're talking 450,000-plus movies, TV episodes, 4,000-plus streaming channels, TCLUSA.com. Or you can stop into any major local retailer here in the Twin Cities and ask about TCL TVs. Mackie and Judd now continue. The sooner the better. On 1500 ESPN. And this portion of Mackie and Judd is sponsored by It's Just Lunch. Spurgeon has it for Minnesota. Long shot. They score! Across to Koivu. They score! To Winnick. Skate the stick for a shot. He scores! Long pass and stall in. Stall scores! Did you see Cam Ward in goal last night for the Hurricanes? How is it that the Wild only got four goals off him before he was pulled from the game? He was so bad, the Wild should have gotten four in the first five minutes of the game. Instead, they needed Dubes to save their bacon in the first period before finally fluttering a few pucks into the net. Celebrate a 6-2 win if you want, but you won't get those softies in the playoffs. Against a good team and competent goalie, the Wild probably lose that game. Yeah. That might be a little aggressive. The bot's breaking it down. Against a better, I guess against a better goalie. All I know is I got on the air this morning and I gave you the positives and bot came on and just buzz killed the whole thing. It's your new bit. You get to be sunshiny judge. No, I'm, I'm positive about the Wild now. <laughs> uh, it's hey, a whole new leaf. I know you guys spent... Like a, an entire hour, basically, yesterday doing a go for hockey autopsy. Three segments worth of the so show. Yes, they're sir. still going to get into the NCAA tournament, though, right? Almost certainly, yes. There okay. would have to be a ton of upsets uh, in the conference tournaments this weekend for them not mm-hmm. to. So, yes, they will. If they were to win the national championship for the first time in a decade and a half, how much would that do for making Mariucci Arena, to, to make Mariucci great <laughs> again, I, right? Yes. Because I, I almost think, yes. bad analogy alert again here, it's almost like with what they have with, with the WCHA and the rivalries, and you get to bring in, don't underestimate the fact that when you play St. Cloud or you play North Dakota or any school that's in the you know in the five-hour driving radius, you bring in hundreds, if not maybe a couple thousands of opposing fans. Or even local, if, if, you're, if you live in Maple Grove and you went to St. Cloud State University, you might show up to Mariucci Arena to watch that, to watch the Friday night and Saturday night games, right? So it's almost like they had a nice little niche restaurant that they decided we want this to be the next national franchise. Yeah, the Big Ten decided this, but they only serve like Midwestern foods. And the big and and it, we serve hot dish and wild rice they, soup. They vote, and we want it to be California based. They voted to stay niche. The Big Ten said you can't. 
So the Big Ten took them. Um, the three uh, segments that we did yesterday, in w- which we got a lot of uh, phone calls, emails, and tweets, I think at the end of it basically concluded that a coaching change is necessary, if if nothing else, than to just freshen things up. But what's so intriguing about the conversation to me is I think it goes beyond that. Yeah, Like you can change the coach, but but to your point, Unless that coach, unless you go get Bob Motzko from St. Cloud and Bob Motzko hits the ground running and wins uh, two consecutive national titles, which would solve a, a lot of your problems at that point, you've changed the structure of this entire thing. It, this to me is not as simple as Lucia's lost touch and therefore Lucia has to go. That's the simple answer, but this is so much more in-depth and and the sport itself has also changed greatly. I mean, you used to have a state that you could – you could go handpick every kid that you desired to have on your roster, and that kid would run towards you, and you could tell him, son, you're going to play at 7 o'clock on Friday and Saturday. Every one of your games is going to be on cable TV. And it's not just going to be on TV in the Twin Cities, but if you're from Duluth or you're from St. Cloud or you're from Mankato, it's going to be beamed throughout the state. Well, now St. Cloud can come to a kid and say, well, you can go to the Gophers, but the building is not full and and their game, their start times are staggered at different times. And you really don't know exactly when, when you're going to play and TV is no guarantee. So there's a lot of things that even if you change the coach, you're still going to battle. And my point throughout the show yesterday was this. All right, you go to Motsko and Motsko says, I'm not going. I'm staying at St. Cloud. Who else excites you? Yeah. Like, like you you name me a, a college hockey coach that they're going to bring in, and Phil Mackey says, you know what, i got to go see this team now. Who else excites well, you? Well, and, and I'll add this to it, too. I think Big Ten Network, it's – Big Ten Network thought if we just use our media platforms, we can elevate it, – it's only six teams, but we can elevate the profile of those six teams and the interest, and then we can add maybe a seventh or an eighth team. Maybe we can get – a couple other schools to jump in. Maybe Indiana wants to start a hockey team, right? They overestimated their media platform. They did. They thought, well, Big Ten Network has a lot of eyeballs on it. Yeah, like when you put Ohio State in primetime, of course, not hockey, football. Yeah. When you put bas- Michigan yeah. State basketball, you're going to get some eyeballs. Yep. So if Big Ten Network is looking for content, mm-hmm. they should have struck a deal with the old WCHA. And if you want to show some Michigan games, maybe you no. can do that too. Strike a deal with the old WCHA. But Delaney and this crew is so greedy that they the the reason why I mean they triggered this thing at six teams, which is just stupid. It should have been eight. And they finally decided after last year that they were struggling so badly that that they had to go go get an outside program. But this is the greed of saying, how can we get as much programming as possible and how can we make as, as much? And in their minds, if they hurt the golfers, they really don't care. Because they're still paying the golfers, the checks that these schools get for for being in the Big Ten from TV is huge now. This is about greed. This is about greed, and and therefore when, when the golfers, I think the golfers cast the lone dissenting vote not to go to the Big Ten. They just didn't care. They don't care. But it's left this program in a state that that we could talk all, all we want about a coaching change. And that might help a little bit, but that's just part of this. This goes way be- beyond that. And and the pushback that you get now from hockey fans is, well, the Big Ten is good and people don't get that. Okay, that's fine. But guess what? You used to play in your conference, North Dakota, you could drive there. St. Cloud, you could drive there. UMD. Duluth, exactly. And people would make weekends out of it. You, of I get to go would. hang on Duluth for a couple nights and go watch some hockey and, and vice versa. Yeah, for sure. And if I went to Duluth to, to uh, cherry pick a good player— I could tell you all the places that your parents could drive. 
Now they can drive to where? Wisconsin? Fans can drive to Wisconsin? Yeah, no you're, one's you're driving, to, not driving to Pennsylvania. Yeah. So th- this is Happy this is purely about greed, and it, th- this is not a question of well, the Big Ten's good now, so that should make a difference. This is about logistics, rivalries, and what people want. Yeah, Dave, what kind of stuff do you have for us when we come back here? A most excellent version of stuff with Peyton Manning news to get to. A wonderful interview with the answer. And we'll talk about a sad retirement. From the TCL Broadcast Studio. Mackie and Judd now continue. You've trained for this. You're ready for this. On 1500 ESPN. And stuff you should know about is sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Committed to offering a streamlined shopping experience where home and auto can be bundled together. Now that's Progressive. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. And now, ladies and gentlemen... Please rise, men, remove your caps as we honor America and the Twin Cities sports scene with the playing of Stuff You Should Know About. The family is back together. Mackie, Zolgad, Harrigan, and now we got Stuff. And you're finally in the chair that you should be in, frankly. <laughs> I felt I held up very well the past two days. Were you going nuts on the button you. bar without me and Phil? No, here? I didn't do that. No. Do you I, want the mouse? You can have. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm comfortable. See, my thing, versatility. My <laughs> versatility is my key. You know what you're like? I'm you can versa- work with any kind of versa- Exactly right. I'm a versatile human being. Much like Robbie Grossman, we'd rather not give you a glove, but if we have to, we can you, stick you in left field. Yeah. You know? Just try and hide me. We can put you by the button bar. <laughs> Oh, it was 71-62 Sixers over the uh, Hornets in Charlotte last night early in the third quarter. When, oh my, look who's in the crowd. It's Allen Iverson, the answer, in Charlotte to check out his old squad, the Sixers. Well, NBC Sports Philly happened to notice it, of course, and sends the uh, old sideline reporter gal to say hi to old AI. How are things going? You said you look cool with these glasses. What do you think about the 76ers and what they're showing out here on the floor? I love my guys. I love my little dudes. They're my little guys. I love them. What brings you to Charlotte? I live here. And there you go. I love, I love my guys. <laughs> my little dudes are my guys. What did, did the interview? Pr- so that's one of my pet peeves. Like, do we always have to go up to, oh, a noteworthy person in the front row? Let's awkwardly send Marnie Gellner over there. Like, if you were to ask Marnie, do you really want to go do this right now? If that was, you know, if that was at Target Center, she probably dreads it. He's clearly, if he has sunglasses on, he's clearly been doing something that he doesn't want to be on TV for. Anyways. Phil Mackey's here. I love my guys. I don't know. It's practice. He's my little guy. Uh, we talking about practice again? <laughs> a couple days ago, spring game, John Lester was on the mound for the Cubs, and we all know about the problems Mr. Lester has throwing to first base. It's struck again. Knocks that one down. Recovers. Uh, and he strikes it into the ground. It rolls away from Navarro at first, and Peralta is in at second base. That is the big bugaboo with John Lester. Throws from the mound over to first base. For whatever reason, he just can't do it. Threw it into the ground, got by the first baseman. But did you know, at least the throwing into the ground part, was intentional? Saw this story. What could possibly go wrong? That This is your fix for your throwing anxiety. Via the Chicago Tribune. <laughs> Quoting yep. Lester, we're working on the Jordan to Pippen bounce pass. No. 
Lester said. That's what Butterfield is calling the move. He wants Lester to make on grounders, naming it after Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen, of course. In his words, just eliminate all tension and bounce it over there, Lester said. And we've been working on it early in the morning. Obviously, it was not a good throw, but my sights were a little off and on what we've been working on. The ball kind of checked up. We've been working on it in the mornings. It's been a little wet. The sight line has been a little different. How is it supposed to work on natural grass? Like, I get the turf. It's a bad idea, but I get the idea on turf that you could sort of skip it off there and get the bounce. But if you throw it on one hop on natural grass, aren't odds are it's either going to die or hit something and maybe ricochet? And then how far would you have to be leading off first base to get picked off by a John Lester grounder to the first baseman? What if Dave Harrigan was to teach this very technique to his his young high school kids when practice starts? I don't need to teach it. They mostly do it themselves. (laughs) That's the thing. (laughs) Either that or airmail it over the chain link. Yeah. I think the Cubs would be better off putting like some sort of a springy net 15 feet behind Anthony Rizzo at first base (laughs) so the ball can just ricochet back to the infield. You'd have a better chance if that was your strategy. What could go wrong? Let's let's try bouncing it to first base, John. Okay. USA Today's For the Wins uh, blog has been compiling draft-related items. I saw this. Each franchise's greatest first-round pick in franchise history, according to Chris Chase. He's the writer. I'll go through the division. Walter Payton for the Bears. Barry Sanders for the Lions. Packers Aaron Rodgers. For the Minnesota Vikings, I will tell you, it is not Randy Moss. Can you guess who it is? Is there an old school Viking from the set? Because if it's not Moss, it's not Peterson. Not terribly old school. Played with Randy. Played with Randy. So, played with Randy. the 19th overall pick in 1988. Was that, um, no, 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 no. Oh, it's got to be, is it like, like a Chris Dolman? Close. Yeah, I was going to say Dolman, but he was there before 88, right? It's not Dolman. It's obviously not Adrian Peterson. John Randall was undrafted. Yeah. Think across from Chris Dolman. Heath Malone. Oh, Randall McDaniel? Randall McDaniel is their choice. Okay. That's fair enough. I mean, that's that's great and all, but it's Moss. Their their argument mostly for Randall McDaniel, Pro Bowls, all pro, blah, blah, blah. Oh, he's great. more, More time in Minnesota versus the... Seven seasons and getting out to twenty four. Uh, yeah, that okay. feels like a hipster pick, right? Yeah, yeah. A little bit. Well, Moss is the obvious one. Let's go with the <laughs> with the guard. McDaniel's with the weird great, stance. Yeah. It's Moss. Better ingredients. Better pizza. Papa John's. It's over, boys. It's over. What? I mean, Peyton's still the spokesperson. Okay. Better ingredients. Better pizza. Papa John's. He's got the long term deal, but of course, you know, Papa John himself stepped down as CEO a little while back. Yes. Peyton has sold his 31 Papa John's Denver area franchises. Oh, Wait, he got he had out? 31 in 30, Denver yeah, alone? in the Denver area. What? They have been sold didn't, to another franchisee. And didn't one get robbed on Super Bowl Sunday a few years back? I, I felt like there was an item of stuff about, about one being robbed on Super Bowl Sunday. Was it the same Sunday where the Seattle Seahawks were making his life miserable for <laughs> three years? It very well might have been, actually, now that you bring it up. <laughs> yes, it might have been. And how do we feel about the other Peyton Manning news that both Fox and ESPN have been clamoring, knocking down the door, trying to get him either on the Thursday night broadcast for Fox or the Monday night for ESPN? Fox also saying 
Apparently the Thursday night they want to either bring Troy Aikman to L.A. for a studio thing or do a live sort of college game day type thing at the site of the game wow. every Thursday. How do we feel about those ideas? The price tag, though. $10 million is the, is what they're willing to go to, apparently. the Yeah, I, I would... I would say this. If I could get Peyton for five mil, yeah. But I mean ten million dollars for I don't know. That seems that seems to me to be a, a little bit excessive. Uh I would pay it because I think he's the most coveted. Tony Romo was coveted. Peyton Manning is the most coveted potential color commentator in NFL history. Can we say that? Like Collinsworth is awesome, but as far as anticipation yeah, for how good somebody might be, yeah. Peyton Manning, even I'd love to see him just for a year, just just to See if the height matches the uh, the actual ten color million, commentary. $10 million, you better do cartwheels in the press well, I mean, box. It's right? like we're talking about multi-billion dollar ESPN corporations ESPN fires here. all of these poor people, and then they're like, <laughs> but we hired Peyton Manning at $10 million. Let's celebrate. So if Peyton's on a game for Fox, let's say he's on Sundays. Yeah. Let's just say he did, you know, with the Joe Buck. If he's playing or calling a game at the same time Romo's calling a game, who do you two turn to? At first, I would turn to Peyton. Yeah, the curiosity. Just, but but probably five weeks in, I guess I, I go to Tony. Well, I'd have to see how good Peyton is. If you if you ask me, Romo or Collinsworth, who I think are the two best right now, it's a coin flip right now. I love Romo's enthusiasm. Collinsworth will rip people a little bit more. Well, actually, Romo rips yeah, quarterbacks too. Yeah, Romo rips too. people, and the fa- and. Uh, I love it when when Tony won't let Jim Nance hello friends talk. That's my favorite. <laughs> That's my absolute favorite. When Nance is trying to say something, just like you're like Jim, just shut up. And Romo's just talking the whole time. <laughs> Tip of the cap to a hell of a career. Here comes Hockley with the, the call, the initial call. The ball was illegally touched, but it was also re- and it was then recovered by the kicking team. However, there was a holding by the receiving team number 57. That penalty will be enforced from the previous spot. That will replay fourth down. The prior play, my flag was being returned to me. It was tossed back to me, hit the ground. When that happened, the clock operator thought there was a penalty and stopped the clock. The clock should have continued to run. There should be 12 seconds taken off the clock. So it should be 124. Take the play clock down 12 seconds as well. Ah, the gun show is hung it up, Dude, boys. So nice great. run. Did you see? Did you see the transition that took place in officiating of the National Football League yeah. yesterday, though, when Ed and uh, Jeff Triplett both hung it up? Mm-hmm. The young Hockley, yes, is in. Jeff yes. Triplett is, I think, the most beleaguered NFL official. Right, the guy who screws up often. And that might have been a forced retirement. Oh, Ed Hockley, I think, was always pretty highly regarded. Ed got his kid in though. My, I told Murph, nepotism at its finest. I told Murph this, and, and he completely disagreed. But I said the next step is Ed Hockley with the next couple of years will be the director of officiating for the National Football League because the guy who who got the job this past year was a just a disaster. Yeah, Ed Hockley will be the guy. And well, at this point, he's some sort of consultant, I believe they said, right? Whatever. Okay. Yep. Well, I would say uh, as far as like former officials turned media in some way too. Mike Pereira is about the only passable one on TV, right? Yes. They've tried with a couple other guys, and it's like well, Jerry Austin's got, terrible. Blandino got, got hired by Fox, too. Blandino's Dean okay. Blandino, yeah, he's yeah. okay. But I think Ed Hockley could thrive in that role, too. Uh, the other retirement news, this just came down this morning. Mike Pelfrey has decided to hang it right. up. Mike Pelfrey oh. somehow stuck around for 12 major league seasons in ERA near five. 
How much money would you guys guess Mike Pelfrey made or stole <laughs> no, I don't even want to in know. baseball? He should be arrested immediately right now. How many seasons did you say? 12 seasons, but a lot oh of them my. under you know team control for $500,000. Yeah. Up over forty or fifty. Oh yeah! Oh, you're right in the ballpark. Forty-seven million. Oh, it wasn't as bad as I thought. It wasn't as bad. I was going to go. The twins paid about a third of it. You (laughs) could pay thirty million to a T or a jugs machine, and they'd just be be just as good. Impersonating a major league pitcher. The twins paid a third of it. (laughs) A third of it. Depressing as all hell. I take him to court. I take him to court right now. I charge him fraud. Ah, well. You know, he's no no stranger to being pulled by a manager. Did you talk about it with Murph? Diamondbacks? Oh, the bullpen. Yeah. The cart's oh, back. Talk about it. We did segments on the it. The Diamondbacks celebrating a 20-year anniversary, bringing I back said. the bullpen cart. It began, oh, in 1950, the Indians, the first team to deliver relievers via a vehicle. The Angels yep. introduced the golf cart in 63. The Brewers were the last team to have a vehicle which they used a motorcycle in the sidecar they finally retired that after the 95 season yep. but it's back baby wow. i am so excited and dave st peter this is your chance now yes this is your chance perk didn't get it but the next closer can maybe perk can drive it no that's my job perk a few uh homebrew I- job a home couple homebrew ipas at nine percent alcohol volume we Weaving between outfielders. <laughs> I got I got some ribs cooking back there. <laughs> and I'm working on a project in the shop. Oh, be amazing. This needs to happen. I think baseball is going to make it mandatory, though. That's one of their speed-up-the-game things that's going to be mandatory. I actually went back and forth on Twitter last night with TC the Bear. TC the Bear is uh, has put in an application to drive the car. He wants the job, too. So I mean, among his many duties, he wants to drive the bullpen car. He can't hit home runs now, so I guess find a new role. Wow. wow. I'm not wow. getting into this. I like TC. We're friends. Oh, take that, TC. Wow. I'll Shots. see you this summer, buddy. Wow. You listening? Wow. This is like Mayweather-McGregor type oh, yeah. trash talk right now. Yep. I need your Minnesota sports heartbreak expertise when we come back here. You got it. And uh, then we'll get into some Brian Dozier stuff, too, from the last couple days. Mackie and Judd. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. From that day on, we was always together. Mackey and Judd. Like peas and carrots. On 1500 ESPN. New today on digital. Watch Matt Damon get small to live large in downsizing. The hilarious film critics are calling tremendously entertaining and an ingenious comedy. Get downsizing now on voodoo.com. Before Blu-ray, it's rated R from Paramount Pictures and enter to win your digital HD copy right now from the 1500 ESPN stream player. It's now time for another update on all the drama from The Bachelor. Here's Phil Mackey. Hello, Judd. Hi, Phil. I want you to go on a journey with me right now. I need your expertise. I know you hate reality TV and The Bachelor, and I've gotten hooked on it. Phil Hughes live tweets it every single week. Yeah, I almost unfollowed him. I've gotten hooked on this thing. And I need your help because we had a Minnesota woman, Becca, make it to the final two. Ari Leindyke Jr. is The Bachelor. He's the son of the famous IndyCar driver, Ari Leindyke, who won the Indy 500. So, like, son is kind of a doofus who doesn't really know what he wants in life, and he's 36, and so let's go on a reality show. And, uh, you know, let's uh, date 30 women at the same time. Mm -hmm. I need you to tell me which Minnesota sports heartbreak Becca 
having her world shattered resembles the most. Let me set this up for you, okay? So Ari admits to both of these women that he was in love with them. It's the final rose ceremony. It's two women left. He said, I love you to both. So they're both on the hook. They both think that there's no way this can end poorly, right? Mm -hmm. 98 Vikings. There's no way, right? Mm -hmm. It's halftime of the Falcons. The football gods love me. Halftime of the Falcons game. Yep. So he has to make a decision. Who is he going to propose to? Who is he going to devastate? He chooses the Minnesota girl at the rose ceremony, Becca. Okay. And Lauren was just inconsolable. Devastation. She did not see this coming. Now, Lauren's kind of the blonde, unassuming, gorgeous, but introverted, kind of dull. She's boring. A little boring, a little bland. Gary Anderson. Gary Anderson. Now, Becca is brunette, vibrant, uh, Minnesotan, but more of like an outgoing, kind of a dominant personality, but also caring, more of a leader. A clubhouse presence. Exactly. It's very important. So after the final rose ceremony, and this is where cameras are supposed to be kind of shut off, ABC documents Becca and Ari spending the next two months together on the weekends, engaged, selfie love videos, everything's going great, tracking the relationship. Mm-hmm. Well, a few weeks ago, Ari pulls Chris Harrison, the host of the show, aside and says, listen, I got to admit something. I'm still in love with the blonde gal, Lauren, and I've been thinking about her for four weeks, six weeks, whatever the timeline is. Uh oh. So on camera, right before Ari and Becca were supposed to sit down, Minnesota Becca, mm-hmm. and talk about how great their relationship is going. And we have audio of this, by the way. Mm-hmm. Compare this to a Minnesota sports heartbreak. Engaged for two months, ready to sit down and tell the world how great your relationship is. Okay. You know, I've been struggling a little bit. And um, I think over the last couple times that we've been hanging out I've been really trying to sort my feelings out and trying to trying to grasp this whole thing you know and the reality of it is that you know being with you although it's been everything that I wanted I still think about her do you want to be back with her I want to see if there's that possibility are you kidding me this is just like a really thing on your part like everything about this oh judge <laughs> hey are you okay just leave what are you still doing here like i feel like my future was ripped away 98 like i love you and i Obviously, want you to be happy, and it's not me. But oh, oh three golfers. Okay, no. look at you. I like I don't it. just leave. I've already identified it. It was Farvinian. Oh nine Vikings. Yep. He threw it. He he, he thought, thought it was happening. He thought he saw Sidney Rice. You were a little unsure for a while, but then yep. oh yep. A height of indecision. It's Farv. Hey man, we go and get married. <laughs> <laughs> we uh. We gonna get hitched? Maybe. Do I like Becca? Maybe. I mean, she's been hurt, hurt her left toe a couple weeks ago. Can barely walk. But I mean, Shug says she'll be fine. So she's not even on the injury report. But I'm gonna force that ball to Sydney right across the middle. I mean, man, I think that'll work. I didn't work. I'm having second thoughts about that pass. Barryian was open. See, I thought it was more O three Gophers, where it's celebratory. 
The game is over. The second thought. You, you finally got over the hump. His the engagement. Deme- his demeanor was Farvinian, I thought. Okay. Very cold. See, if I could loop every Bachelor episode in oh, with like a fine. Minnesota sports heartbreaker, you'd be fine? Yeah. All right. Uh, let's get into this Brian Dozier thing. Hey, it's making national headlines. Doge. Doge. Should we talk some Is Doge? he going to be a free agent? I don't know. Maybe. Would I give him a contract? Maybe. And then Wetmore from Fort Myers at 1115. Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studios.